Welcome to Simple Tech Talk, innovative topics and creative introductions to the marketplace. And we're back. Welcome back to Simple Tech Talk, ladies and gentlemen, where we take what can be considered complex and break it down into easy to understand language. And ladies and gentlemen, Simple Tech Talk is proudly sponsored by Board Active, available online at BoardActive.com. And it's a pleasure to have Chief Technology Officer of Board Active right here in the Simple Tech Talk studios, Mr. Thomas Powell. Welcome back, man. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Making so much time for us. We, you know, we talked about Part one was why brands and businesses should have a mobile app if they don't. Everything's moving to mobile. We have our phones with us at all time. We don't carry around our desktops. And we talked about the functionality with a mobile app, right? Not only does it meet us where we are, but brands can do more on the go with these things. And then part two, we talked about what makes a mobile app a mobile app, right? What makes it a native app, a hybrid app? We talked about the battery usage, which is really important, not only for the developers and the brands to understand the importance of that, but also us users, man. We don't wanna be on low power mode 10 minutes into using this app, that's beat. So part three, here we are. We touched on SDKs a little bit in part two, but let's talk about what an SDK is and why there are so many of them in many apps. Excellent question. Mobile apps by default if you really start to get a good understanding of them, they're very complex. Why are they complex? Because your phone can do so much. Mm. It's it's mind-boggling, actually. Yeah. So being able to control all those kind of features and and that hardware that's built into your smartphone, to use that requires a lot of skill set. Yeah, I mean, you don't just actually have to know how to program for that that type of mobile app, you have to do all these different features and everything like that inside of that mobile app. You have to know about that so that you can create features around that, right? Well, one way that you try and make it easier for you are software development kits. If I have, let's just say that I want to track your location, okay? The GPS is built into uh, the smartphone and I need to be able to find out where you are and send that information. Well, that's a complex little bit of functionality that, that you're adding to it. Not only do I have to know how to control when what your location is, I have to know how to do that in the foreground, which is one type of programming, or in the background, which is another type of programming. What does that mean? Hmm. Well, foreground means that your app is open and right there in front of you, okay? But if you minimize that app or you exit the app, that would be running in the background. Um, By default, it's not automatically doing things in the background. As a programmer, I have to say that I have to create the ability for it to do something in the background. Well, okay, now you can see that if I'm walking around and I'm providing my location back to the server, well... I don't want to leave my app open all the time, right? I'd like to be able to close it and be able to provide my location. So it's very complex to create all of that functionality. What if someone provided to me a software development kit that handled all of that feature for me? I could plug it in, right? right? That's what an SDK allows me to do. All of a sudden, it's taking a very complex group of program language and um, 
and truncates it down to something that's very easy and simple to use. So in the language analogy, it would be like buying a language book at the gas station on simple phrases. Where can I find the closest bathroom, right? Oh. <laughs> to learn how to yeah. say things in a way that like, things I'll need to know or things I'll need to ask people. The Cliff's Notes per se. The fact is, is that um, I don't want to learn everything about a particular programming language. Right. Well, let me just get the cliff notes, right? Let me just get to where I can ask it little simple bits of information. Yeah. And the complexity is no longer a part. I no longer have to manage for that complexity. It's, it's created for me. Another great example of this is that probably one of the best SDKs that you see used inside of a mobile app, right? has to do, we talked about this the last session, mm -hmm. of a, um, an HTTP client. That was a few days ago. Jog my memory. It's the protocol to be able to make, uh, to send information or receive information from a web server. Okay. Okay. What's kind of cool about that, the industry has kind of standardized what's the protocol for sending and receiving information, hmm. right? But the complexity of actually writing those calls, okay? There's two ways of communicating to and from a server, right? The first is called synchronous, okay? It's, it's literally that I make the call and I sit there waiting and waiting and waiting for the response to come back to me, okay? That means that I have to use more of your resources and mm -hmm. more of your battery again by using a synchronous call. Well, an SDK says, well, there's actually a more efficient way of doing that. It's called an asynchronous call. I would rather do that. Coding that is a monster, okay? Sure. It's like, you know, like, I don't want to learn everything about doing reactive programming and asynchronous calls and everything like that. An SDK says, you don't worry. All you have to do is make a standard call, and I'll handle the asynchronous side of that for you. Okay. So, um, an HTTP client allows that, that functionality to me for asynchronous calls. So all of a sudden, everybody out there says, well, I don't want to learn how to code all that stuff. I'd rather just plug in my SDK, right? And voila, I have all that asynchronous feature and I'm not keeping the app open. I'm not using resources on your phone and I'm not eating up the battery life on your phone. Wow, so it sounds like SDKs not only have a really practical use for developers and brands, but also us consumers, right? Because it saves us some battery life and we still get all the features and functionality that the app promised up front. Well, yes, but there's a trade-off. But there's more. <laughs> there's always a catch. Let's of go into it. Of course there is, of course. <laughs> so an SDK can really be powerful. It can reduce the amount of code that I have to write. It can incorporate features that maybe I'm not an expert on. So like we had said with using your resources and your battery life and everything, you're gonna find in the mobile development world that there are some SDKs that are so well used that they're very mature and they work really, really well and it doesn't create problems for me. There's the scary part of an SDK. It's I'm giving the SDK access to my application to my app that I've created. Right. So what if it's doing something diabolical, all right? It starts sending information to another server that I didn't give it permission to do. Right, because aren't SDKs basically uh, associated with third-party vendors in some way? 
Many of them, yes. I mean, you will get some SDKs that are kind of built into um, native languages and things like that. Let's use an Android example, okay? So Android, I want to, a very complex thing to do is to go ask a server for an image, for a picture of something, right? And let's just say that, that Joey, on your app, you've actually uploaded your face, right? Oh, so, God help us. Yeah, well, we call that... <laughs> You know, from developers, we call that your avatar. Sure. All right. So that's that's the image that is attached directly to your account. Getting your avatar, all right, going and getting a picture is a very complex thing to do. There's a, uh, a company called Square that a lot of people have heard of. They created a SDK called Picasa. And um, and so now I can use Picasa. I can plug that SDK into my Android app, and all of a sudden, it's like super simple for me to go ahead and ask for your avatar from this website. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So that kind of puts it into perspective, right? Like why a mobile app has 18 to 20 or sometimes more SDKs because they serve different functionalities. Like there's a bunch of different categories. You mentioned location, right? The top one, which I mean, location would be a part of obviously, or analytics followed by advertising, followed by payment. Payment has overtaken social, yes, which is really impressive. And it kind of shows you where things are going. And to integrate a payment platform into your app without having to pull all the information on your own through an SDK. But therein lies the issue that you referenced before, right? Some of the app users' information, especially with payment stuff, might actually be accessed. That's why I think it's so important that brand apps understand what SDKs they're installing into their apps. And that's probably why there's such a fear and a hesitancy for an SDK install, because we're integrating things like payment into our mobile apps, right? Well, it's true. When we started off at Board Active, we started with creating an SDK, right? I want to make it easier for the developer to use the functionality from our platform. So I created an SDK, one for iOS, and I created an SDK for Android. In addition to that, I've even got SDKs that are supported by uh, hybrid platforms, okay? However, because I'm not Square, right? I'm gonna use a, an SDK from Square because I have all the confidence that it's only gonna do what it's supposed to do and nothing else. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is the fact that the SDK is so well created that it won't break anything. It won't cause my app to, to run into a problem and then shut itself down automatically. You know, little kind of quirky bugs and stuff like that. Well, when I'm working with a big company, great. But if I'm working with a company that I'm not as familiar with, then um, I'm a little bit worried about using an SDK, right? I don't know if it's been tested well enough. Is it using any features or anything like that that I don't want to approve, right? Right. And even if you try and fix it and, and go the right path and make it right with your app users, that includes you know a test on the store itself, right? An update. And sometimes by the time all that happens, a user's already uninstalled the app. Well, that's it. And you know, our customers are folks that have apps, right? And inside of those companies, there are the development team. The development team has to approve an SDK getting plugged into their mobile app, right? So to kind of make it easy for them, what we did is, yeah, we have our SDKs at Board Active, but then I created a, um, 
a, a set of instructions that here's how to do it without an SDK. What, okay, so you're saying that though you guys are a software company and you work with mobile apps, that you don't need to install the ever-dreaded SDK into the app for the stuff that Board Active does to work. That's that's correct. You know what, Tom? We promised a three-part series, but I say we make it a four-part series because this sounds like a very in-depth discussion coming up on endpoints. We'll talk about what they are and how Board Active utilizes them as they implement with brand apps and out-of-home companies. Sound like a plan? Outstanding. Well, it's really been great to be with you today. Thank you, and I look forward to coming back. Thanks for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Visit us online at boardactive.com and follow us on the socials. Oh, and one more thing. If you like the podcast, you'll love our blog. Check us out on boardactive.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.